Welcome to episode 74 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? I am doing well, man. Today is a, a little bit of an exciting day, but how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing great. It's a, it's a, so far it started off and it looks like the rest of the week is going to be a very rainy, yucky week. So I feel less driven to like get out of here so i'm like oh yeah. where, am I, where am i gonna go it's gross outside so um yeah i'm feeling a little more driven to just get my head down to the to the grindstone and and work um we got some pretty exciting things in the works um and you i think you're shipping out today some cerakote uh, USA flag, new USA <clears throat> brackets. This will be your third time running those for us. So I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jared's got a, he's got another little side business doing, doing Serico work and they do a really good job. So yeah, but my uh, thumbs are a little fat for the little stars. I always <laughs> struggle. I'm like picking these little tiny stars and trying to put them in place. That's always fun. So yeah, Tyler and I did that on Sunday, pretty much all day Sunday. We did most of them. We should have just done the whole batch, but we were just worried that it was going to go super late into Sunday and we didn't, you know, didn't feel like being up till 2 a.m. But we ended up getting that whole batch done by around 7, 7.30. So we absolutely could have just done them all on Sunday. But last night we just got out here around 5.30 and cranked through the rest of them. So, yeah, they will definitely ship out today. I posted a teaser on my Instagram story, and I've got oh, nice! I got a lot of a lot of replies. People excited about them, so it's exciting to see. I'm not. I'm trying to figure out when I want to drop those. So, just a little bit of just a little backstory of why I'm questioning this. So, for the Beskar Star Wars edition that we did, I thought. It would be nice to drop them the week before Star Wars Day so that people could have them for Star Wars Day and be posting pictures with them. I just thought that would be cool to have it for that day. Well, of course, there's people that are all that were all whiny and they were like, well, I didn't I expected to, to not, you know, I expected to see them on May the 4th. So I wasn't really paying attention until May the 4th. And then I saw that they were already already gone so with that said i'm like all right so for fourth of july again i think it would be cool to sell these to drop these like this friday uh which would be the 31st uh no which would be the 26th looking at the wrong month uh that would give like a week for these things to get to people and then on july 4th they can be posting their usa edc and stuff so then i have people complain that Oh, I wanted. I, th- I thought you were going to drop them on the fourth. And what if you did like, I don't know, twenty of them early? Well, like a pre-order. Yeah, Dusty said I should do half this Friday and half next Friday. That'll get My- people edgy, <clears throat> and then like, ah, oh, I didn't get to it. Which, have to wait till which, the fourth. Which my other reason for doing it early is also su- kind of selfish, in that I'm going to be gone 
you know, for Fourth of July weekend. It's going to be a long weekend, so we're going to go up to our cottage in Pennsylvania. I'd like to not have to worry about, you know, promoting and dropping a, a custom shop, especially when I'm out of state and not around great, great reception and stuff like that. If anything goes wrong and I got to change it, so I'm leaning towards dropping them this Friday. Uh, if I do that, I need to start teasing them, uh, like as soon as I get them. So we'll see. I'm not sure yet, but I'm excited about that. Excited. I've got, uh, I've got a bunch of EDC trays that are going to be heading out to uh, the time it went off coding for Cerakote. <clears throat> and I might send you a couple too, to do, uh, uh well, if you want to, <clears throat> I haven't said anything until now, but if you wanted to do like a surprise, <laughs> I want to do like a, I don't know, you do whatever you want. But if you want to do like a stars and stripes theme on it, would be would be cool. Yeah, no, we'd be down. So you got you got a lot of stuff going on as always. Seems and like I just booked a trip to California. Wow, you're going into the uh, the communist states. Going going behind enemy lines. Uh, me and Dustin want to do this trip for a couple of years, and it, it it looks like so the past couple of years. Me and Dusty have gone to North Carolina to go hang out with Pat Mack. It's not looking like that trip's going to work out this year. Just our schedules aren't aligning. I think we waited too long with COVID stuff, and uh, it's not going to work out. So I told Dusty, I'm like, well, we're, we've got like a week that we normally take. Let's go take it somewhere else. We've been wanting to go to California. So the even more exciting thing is, so we're going to go out and uh, shoot and hang out with like Mike, Knockout Lights, Kawa, uh, Mark with First Defense, and Jerry PDK, uh, which we we kind of we, we work with all of those guys in some capacity. Whether it's um, like Mike's just a little bit more uh, friendly, like we don't have anything official that we do, but uh, but he's a, he's a fan of our products and we're friends and stuff. So looking forward to going out. With them, the other guys are, are either uh, like ambassadors or uh, or business businessy type of stuff. So <clears throat> it's gonna be fun. But the more the more exciting thing is, so me and Dusty are going, obviously, but we're also taking our families. Uh, like the round trip airfare was so cheap, and I'm like, I gotta take my family on this trip. I I uh. So I also got a got an Airbnb on the beach. Nice. Uh, it's, it's just gonna be awesome. I think I've said before, like I'm not a big beach guy, but going to California and hanging out with some guys, doing some shooting, and letting the family have full access to the beach for a week, uh, and then on, and then also just you know, you know having a lot of we're gonna have a lot of downtime. Uh, it, so we're gonna be there. F- like from Friday, from a Friday to a Friday. So we'll be there for, uh, you know, for almost a full week. So that's, that's going to be super exciting. It'd be a fun way to kind of end the summer. And, uh, which is crazy. I'm already booking things at the end of summer, but. Yeah. I feel like, I know I've said it before, but I, man, I just feel like this year has just ripped past and just thinking about going somewhere like that sounds awesome. Cause you know, we've just been all cooped up and, and not able to do what we wanted to do for the most part. And you and I and our, 
our businesses have seen a lot of growth and, and that also kind of ties you into, into one position. You kind of get into this flow of just managing, you know, when, when you see that growth happening, at least in my shoes, you start thinking, okay, what am I doing right? And then you start really honing in on that thing that you're doing right. And you blink in between all of this, all of this COVID and stay at home. And, and then all of those other little wins we've had, it's just, the months have just bled by and, and, you know, kind of just bleeding into this like one big old weird summer spring thing. Like, I don't even, I don't even know what you would call it, but, but yeah, that I'm, I'm excited to go do some trips and things like that. Again, I had a lot planned for this year that just aren't going to happen and, and probably we're not going to make them up just because it got so late in the year. And, and like you were saying, it's just hard. It's hard when you're this far in the year and your friends are all as busy as you are and you're trying to get schedules to you know, line up and go on trips and do events and things like that. So yeah, we'll see what we end up doing, but well, it is, but at the same time, I mean, I just like, that's kind of the spontaneous side of me. I won't say that I'm necessarily a spontaneous person, but I'm not afraid to just do spontaneous things either. Uh, I mean, I just kind of decided like on Friday, I think I, te- I texted Dusty when, when we kind of realized that the, the, the Pat Mac trip wasn't going to work out. I texted Dusty on Friday. I'm like, hey, we should go to California. And he's like, yeah, we should. And then I texted Mike and he's like, yeah, we can do that. And then Monday I book flights and trips. I mean, this, the, you know, this happened pretty quick. <clears throat> so sometimes you just got to, hey, I want to go there. Uh, let's just, let's just do it. And Cause it's not going to happen if you don't just, just do it. But I also understand, you know, sometimes just like in the Pat Mac instance, sometimes schedules just aren't going to align. But, uh, I mean, just like with anything with business, it's not going to get done until you just do it. And yeah, I'm more, you know, for me at this point, I'm not craving. So what I'm, what I'm craving is, you know, and I'm actually going to take the trip on my own shortly. I'm going to just head up to the cabin alone and just spend some time away from everything. You know, all my computer stuff, all my business stuff. Uh, that's what I'm craving right now. I, I just want to disappear and hike around in the mountains with my rifle and just have space for a while. You know, I, I'm not craving. I. I it's weird. So I've been alone and today's kind of a different day for me because I'm actually going to be after this podcast, packing up my computer and everything and heading back to the marketing office. So this has been since the end of March up till this point. So whatever that is, three months or, or whatever that I've you know been working from home. And some of that was at the beginning, just not knowing what this whole COVID thing was going to be. But then my Jeep was in the body shop and it just, it was easier just to stay put. So I'm not burning all the fuel in the Yukon and all that, but today's the day I'm going to pack up and head back. So it'll be, it's a little, it's a little bittersweet. I mean, I've learned a lot from working at home and being separate from the team. I've, I've realized that that is very possible with people who are on your team and effective, you know, in this day and age, because it's so easy to pick up the phone and call somebody and, and stay in touch. If you 
you know, if you have the right team members, it, it is very doable. And I mean, I, I'm a little different than just an employee. I have a lot of, I have a lot of reasons to stay motivated and stay pushing forward. And you know what I mean? Cause it, it's my responsibility as one of the owners, but it was, yeah, it was a good experience. I'm, I'm glad that, that I, I had it. And on top of that, I actually plan to over time incorporate days where I am at home in my home office right. working because there is no chance for distraction other than phone calls and things like that. And I have such bad cell phone service here. It's kind of um, it's hit or miss if you're going to get me with a cell phone anyway. Yeah. So the, the days that I just needed to completely focus and, and be in a video or, some website thing or, or whatever it was, I was able to do that. And, you know, there's nobody walking into the office. There's nobody, you know, expecting me to help with some process thing. And I think it was good because it gave Ethan a lot of space in the process realm of manufacturing. I, I normally didn't get too much involved in that, but we were often having conversations about it. And this gave him the ability to have, you know, complete control over his realm in the process. And I just trust him and he makes good calls. So I don't, I don't need to be involved in, you know, how much, you know, how much armor plate are we ordering or when's it, you know what I mean? So it's been a, it's been a weird last couple months, but there's a, there's definitely a part of me that's like, I'm going to kind of miss working at home. And then there's a part of me that's, I haven't driven to work in months. Yeah. I have a daily commute. I, I walk across my yard and and uh, head in the shop. So I kind of got to experience what you had. Yeah. So I, that, that was the first couple of years. I was made for years. And it's definitely got its pros and cons. It's definitely convenient. And you don't have to, I don't know, just, just things like I have to go grocery shopping now to get stuff for lunches and breakfasts and stuff like that to bring into the shop. I've never had to deal yep. with that before. <clears throat> I just walked into my kitchen. well that's that's the part of things like that yeah i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of not looking forward to that aspect especially because my wife has been making me lunches and she's been feeding me better and i've been eating better there's no temptation to go grab fast food stuff or eat junk because there's no reason i have a whole fridge full of good stuff so it's going to take yeah, it's going to take some self-control to keep keep myself on that track in that regard. But I don't know. I I think there's an aspect at least for me being a man, being a provider of my house, you know, my wife is a stay-at-home stay-at-home mom for our little kiddos and stuff. There's there's this need to kind of like go out and conquer a little bit. It's going to sound weird to some people, but if I'm not leaving my house, it's kind of weird. It's like it's like a piece of that is missing, you know, and guys and girls are typically used to packing up in the morning, having their little commute and doing what they do. So there's, there's a, a weird aspect of working at home for an extended amount of time that, you know, I do miss driving over the mountains and seeing the fields and stuff. Yeah. No, I, I love, I now, I, I, th- I thought I was going to hate it, but it was worth, it was worth the change to, to have the shop. But I thought I was gonna hate the the commute and all that stuff like that. Honestly, I love it, man. I love 
like there, there's there's something in my brain that clicks that clicks when I leave my house, close and lock the door, get in my Jeep and drive to work. And then there's something, you know, that, that, that turns my brain that, that, that shifts it into work mode. And then when I leave work, when I lock the shop door, get in my Jeep and drive and drive home and just, I mean, I'm eight minutes from my house, so it's not a very long commute, but just, just that time is enough in my brain for something to click and shift into out of work mode. <clears throat> Whereas when my shop was right behind my house, I didn't feel like I, I necessarily clicked in and out of work it, or if I did, it was, it was weird. Uh, yeah. It's just, and yeah, now that I have the, the, the shop that I'm, that I'm commuting to, uh, I love it. I don't, I, I don't think, because I, I, I've thought about in the future, you know, when we grow out of this place, where's the next place? And I thought, Oh, it'd be great to buy or build a house on a bigger piece of land and, and build a shop on that, on that property. But honestly, part of me doesn't want to do that. Like, unless if it was like a huge piece of property and my shop's like on the way other side of the property, but there's, there's something nice about separating the two. And I, I get that. Cause I would say the first month and a half that I was working here at home, there were a lot of unknowns yet. There were still thoughts of fear for, you know, in my head, wondering what, what's going to happen with the business, you know, hearing, hearing other businesses already were struggling and more shutdowns coming down the pike. We just, you know, we didn't know what, what was coming. And, and so I ended up working more and because I was at home and the convenience of being at home existed, it was super easy for me to, you know, put the kids down to bed and jump out in the garage and spend a couple hours out here working. Whereas if I drive 35 minutes, like my normal commute to our shop, I'm not going to work, come home, put the kids to bed and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go down and work another three hours. Cause it, it, every round trips an hour and 10 minutes. Right. So there's, there's a physical separation that occurs, but there's also, it, it's weird. It's like, I, I hope that people can at some point kind of experience a little bit of this, but the good things were the fact that, you know, I got so much yard work done and I was, I've been joking with people about that. It's not because I worked on it during the day. It's because I walked past it every single day. I, I saw where I was like, Oh, I could do some mulch here. Oh, I could plant a garden. I could do all this stuff. And then on our weekends, it's what we did. Um, so there's, there's definitely good. And I'm definitely, there's a, a lot of me that's grateful that I had this experience because this is the first time that I've ever spent day in, day out working from home. And I do plan to keep this office set up to be able to do that at a moment's notice. Um, it was, it was empowering to see that I, I do have the skills and the ability to continue to grow the business even remotely. That makes me think for the future that there's a lot of other there's a lot of paths forward as we're building our business. And it just made me more comfortable with exploring different things that I haven't, uh, you know, I don't have experience with. So a little bittersweet, but uh, part of me also just doesn't feel like packing up all these cables and monitors and <laughs> it's going to be a pain in the butt. <laughs> and so I, I, I've even, I was just thinking about that. I've, 
I've kind of done something similar to this here at the shop, uh, which was kind of forced. I, so both CNC machines were down for a day because of something stupid. One of them was the little Torx driver to change out one of the uh, <clears throat> inserts on, on the face mill stripped out. It, it actually is a tool that stripped out. And so now I can't, I, I, I can't run it because my face mill is down. So that machine was down. The other machine uh, went down because a tool broke and it damaged the tool holder, which was the last one ahead of that size. So I had to order, order a new thing. Yeah, I had to order a new Torx driver and a new tool, uh, uh, a new holder for the other machine. So I had, I had two machines down that day, which largely takes up my time. Man, I got so much done that day, just catching up on emails that, that, that I keep, keep holding back on sending artwork for things that, uh, just that, that haven't really been a high priority, but that I wanted to get done. So I got to do, you know, you know do a little graphic design and get those sent out. Just, just all these little things that, that weren't necessarily high on the priority list, but still need to get done that I didn't really have any in plan on when I would get them done. I knocked out that day. I kind of realized I'm like, I, I, I probably need one day a week where I don't touch a CNC machine at all. Yeah. Whether that means it doesn't run or I have Nate or one of the other guys, you know, uh, I, I say today you have to run this machine. I, I, I can't touch it. Yeah. And one or the other, I gotta, I gotta start doing that more because it was just nice to, to not, have to run out to you know run out to the cnc machine and which i have to do even less now but still i still need to go out there and there's always something that needs tweaked uh or yeah or or something i'll go out there and i'm like oh i gotta change i gotta change these pallets out well i ran out of of uh of of clean material blanks so now i gotta go clean the blanks and then and you know and, and before i know it 45 minutes later i'm coming back to my desk and then 30 minutes later, the ops done and I got to go back out there and, and change it out. So that's the kind of stuff that, uh, that, that really takes up a lot of my day. And so it's nice to not have to do that for a day and knocked out a bunch of stuff. In fact, I'm kind of thinking about doing it today because like with the podcast here this morning, I, I didn't have time to, to get the, the, the one CNC, the, the VF2, the bigger, the Neomag plate CNC going uh going this morning nate's running the the mini mill with the edc trays so i don't really have to worry about that so i, I may not even start up the vf2 today i may just might just get stuff done that's one of the hardest parts is when you when you have such an important task and you know that it needs done but you have other things that are important and trying to balance them and that yeah I, I can get that. <laughs> or just, I mean, you're constantly having to decide what is the priority constantly right. all day, every day is what's the priority. And I'm, I, I do a pretty good job of making lists of the priorities, but I don't, one thing I don't do on my list is, 
is put the low priority stuff. Like I've never put emails on my priority uh, on my list. That's just, that's always something I've done when I have the chance to do it. Like, unless it's, it's something super pressing, but I rarely ever have a, an email that's like, Oh, I got to do this now. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it's just, you've only got so much time. You've only got so much help to to get things done so you gotta you gotta pick your priorities but you know what time i think it is jared oh geez here we go all right today we're gonna do it's as obnoxious as it was the first time we're gonna do a little bit of would you rather which I, which I got to thinking if, 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 if any of our listeners have any, uh, you know, t- icebreaker type of questions or would you rather questions, just send them to us and we would love to answer your, answer your question. So with that said, and this will kind of segue into something I, I have picked this, have picked this question because one, I think it's a good question. And two, it'll segue into something me and Jerry were talking about before the podcast so there's a lot of levels here. Anyway, you know we love uh, segues. Jared, would you rather lose all of your money or all of your pictures? You're a photographer. Oh, jeez. So this is I know this is a hard. All right your, now at this at this point in life. All your all your every pic ever all your pictures. Okay, but family, let me, I'm, I'm focused on the money part right now. So the <laughs> the money part. All your is money it, is it what's in a bank account? Is this like? You know, I have silver and stuff too that I invested in a while ago. Like, does that get uh, gone? It, it says it says money. So okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna I, say I, currency, I, which I, which people could argue if the precious metals are. Let's uh, just say but, whatever is in your bank account, and your like, you know, whether it's cash, bank account. Okay, gone. I'm losing the money. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'll lose money. I think. I, well, let me think about it for a second. Let me because. Yeah, the money. All my pics, like things I've taken or pictures yep. that have, we just possess. All, all the all pictures you own. Whether you've taken okay. them, yeah, someone's taken them for money. you. It's money for sure. Yeah. I'll lose the money. I, I think I agree. It, I mean, it would hurt, <laughs> but you can make more money, right? You, can, it, you, can't, you can't make those pictures happen again. You know, especially right. the business pictures and stuff, anything I've taken for work. I care less about than like my family pictures and stuff, you know, like, you know, pictures of my kids growing up and, and yeah, just, I mean, those, those memories you can't get back. You know, our question last, here you go. Our question last week was, would you rather go back in time go in the future? If you lost all your pictures, if you keep your money, you lose all your pictures, but you could go back in time See, and retake we, all your pictures. <laughs> you've got to be, you have to be smart with these podcasts. When you get your superpower to time travel, you wait a week for the next icebreaker so that if it's a ridiculous icebreaker, you can just go back in time and reset. So, which perfect, which really, I, I cause I think, but I think last week we, we both said that we'd rather go back in time. <clears throat> so oh, I have a question. It's all, it's all, it's all coming together. What if you went and chose the future last week? and future landed you after this podcast 
where you chose money and you're broke, but you have photos, how would you feel? <laughs> and you had no idea why. <laughs> my, my, my mind's a pretzel right now. So we right. skip, so we skip you, over the questions. So we never lost the money or pictures, right? Well, no, you, the fact is just because you went in time forward doesn't necessarily mean you didn't experience the time. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. It's possible another you saw that podcast and you're now broke, but you have all your pictures and you don't know why. Boy, that would be a nightmare. Ooh. (laughs) That got into some like deep. This really a weird theory. This really took a a turn. (laughs) Take us out. All right. Hey, it's great. All right, so the reason that that kind of segues is uh, to me and Jared were talking about uh, millennials. We were talking about the pros and cons of working of working with millennials in this generation. You know, if uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, generally millennials don't have the best uh rep right there's uh there's a word that i'm word that i'm looking for but i I can't find right now so uh but jared's a millennial i just squeaked i I, I, i i just squeaked out of millennial um you're a boomer uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding what x or something i think (laughs) um yeah i was born in i was born in 82 which some lists, it's weird. It, it, it depends on where you look. Like some lists, I feel like start, you're a millennial. <clears throat> some lists start millennials in '80, but then some some lists start millennials in '90. I, I I don't know, but I like I'm I'm maybe a crossover. I don't think I don't think I am. But anyway, I pretty much surrounded myself with millennials. Pretty much everybody that works here is a millennial. I'm the oldest one by by far. Dusty's behind me. He's definitely a millennial uh you're a millennial i feel like most of the people in the industry that i'm friends with come to find out i'm older than so pretty much everybody is a millennial but i think i mean dusty were just talking about this on our on our uh on our trip the other day and uh like you know we're talking about the pros and cons of working with millennials right that's what you and me were just talking about before the before the podcast because you're you, you've got something going on behind the scenes with a millennial that uh, that the negative side of that is is coming out. But I think there's a lot of really good things about, about millennials. And so the reason why that question, why that icebreaker question is is kind of a segue is I feel like one of the pros um, of of the millennial group is that they're least driven by money than I feel like probably any other generation is. I mean, would would you agree? I would say generally. Yeah, probably. I I think there's a very broad generalization. Yeah. I think, I mean, you could break that down obviously into whatever you want, but I, I would say I know that growing up with my parents, my grandparents, their whole mindset was always, you know, get out of high school, find a job that you can work at for, 
you 30 years, work your way up, save your money, buy a house, save a little bit, invest in 401k. And it, it was very much, I'm not going to say money driven, but how they handled money was definitely totally different and how much money put pressure on the occupation. And now, you know, the the people around me that are millennials and our, our workforce that are millennials are more just looking to do something different. They just want to have an impact and want to, um, I mean, you kind of said it before the podcast, a lot of people, and some people might laugh when I say it because we all know the the typical um, negatives that people see with millennials is they want to change the world. You know what I mean? And I think because of that, there is a, it's a different kind of mentality than like the older guys at our shop. So yeah, I would, I would say that there's as a broad generalization. Yeah. They they probably are less, you know, less driven by a retirement fund or, you know, trying to, um, yeah, there's, there's so much more involved in it than just that. So I think, uh, I think the currency of millennials is and and what defines their success isn't money but it's um you know first i think again again we're making broad generalizations here i think it's um, if you're offended already you're a millennial you're a millennial <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry had to throw it in there uh i i think it's it's you're driven by the feeling of of making a difference and and making change and um uh effecting something right i i think and, and i think success is driven and for some it's driven by um by notoriety and and look what you know you know look what we're doing here and sometimes it's look what I'm doing, but I think a lot of times it's look what we are doing here as, as a business, as a company. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of this company that's, that's making this change. And that's, it, it's, it, it's less about look at how much money I'm making here and look at my house and look at my car and, and those things. It, it's, it's more look at, look at what we're doing here. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that this generation has to offer is they're willing to work really hard. And when they buy into something, they buy in 110%. The danger of that is if they feel like they're, they're wasting the time at all, or they aren't making the change or making the effect that they thought they were, they're done. They're out. Like it's just, it's a light switch where, um, where I feel like some of the past generations, we're, we're willing to work that job that they hated even yeah they hated it but they're making money and they're able to you know afford the house and car that they're saying hey look at my success even though they hate what they're doing for that success this generation uh cares more about what they're doing and why they're doing it um and they gauge that success off of of the effect that they're making. So there's, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. It's, it, it's interesting. It's to, you know, you know, for me, it's been interesting 
um, journey for me to kind of realize these pros and cons and to help bring those, you know, you know, to bring those things out of my employees and to, and to, you know, it's, you know, I think you said before the, the, the podcast too, that just as a, as an employer, you owe like two things to you, to your employee, to your employees. What did you say? I was just the one, the one danger in the, I'll just give a little bit of the context to what I was about to say. The danger that I've seen in my generation is there is definitely an entitlement aspect. And I don't just to give another bit of context. I don't typically like when people just bash my generation and say they're just lazy and whatever, you know, I, I don't buy into that, but, um, but there is an entitlement aspect and that doesn't necessarily mean temper tantrums and, and whatever. It just means that some of my generation believes that they are entitled to more from an employer than what they actually are. And at the end of the day, of, of course, Greg, guys like you and me want to have a lot of extra benefits for our, for our employees. We want to have healthy work environments and be laid back and be able to trust people and, and then instill responsibility and, and, and things like that. But there's some that expect that from day one and then expect that to continue no matter what. Um, so basically what I look at as a, as an employer is first and foremost, what they are owed is an equal exchange of, of value. You know, what we've agreed upon as as a salary or an hourly rate, you know, when you work that time, that's what you're entitled to. And then you're entitled to, the tools that will help you succeed in that position. And then really at the end of the day, um, that's all I've ever expected from an employer, you know? And I mean, you can go down a laundry list of things like your employees should be able to talk to you and, and you, they should have an expectation that you're going to listen to them when they have problems or whatever. But, but just generally speaking, um, the, what is actually, required of the employer is pretty, pretty a small list of things. Um, yeah. I think with that said, that I think, sense. yeah, there's, 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 there's a minimum of what I owe to my employees. And those are the, like the couple of things that you said is, you know, a fair pay in a safe workspace. Um, and I, th- but I think there's obviously there's there's a lot more than than that. Uh, just as as a leader in the company, whether you're you're in a management position, you're the owner of the company, whatever. Um, you know, it, if you want if you want longevity and success out of your employees, which is what's going to bring longevity and success out of your company, then you have to do more than just say, Hey, I'm paying you and you have a safe place to work. Right. I mean, nobody, I don't care what generation you're in. If that's well, I don't know. I can't speak for boomers because, because the, you know, the, the 
best generalization of that generation is that's all they cared about. That's is I just wanted enough money to be successful and and don't hurt me. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. You know, don't well, put me in a position where I'm going to get sick here or something. But and maybe it's just <clears throat> maybe it's as simple and it's kind of an open-ended question as the American dream might be changing in my mind you know when i've worked with all generations that are not still currently working um not retired or or whatever but i've worked with so many different people and you can see very different very different approaches to an employee position and the older guys that i've worked with in the past were very much you know they even the ones that i had jobs that i hated in the past and they they would just complain, but yet they showed up every day. Yeah, you know, they hated what they did, but they showed up and would say things like, "Oh, retirement's only two years out. Oh, retirement's only three years out." And, and I think, I think the dream, quote unquote, is a little different. I, like I said just a couple minutes ago, I feel like certain generations, the whole goal was get a decent house, start your family, and you know, yeah, your job might suck, but Hey, be grateful because you're making a paycheck. And some, those traits are important to have Mm -hmm. those things in there. But I feel like that might've muzzled that generation and been like, okay, well, why are you even trying? Why, why go above and beyond when you're making a decent living? You know, you're middle-class, you have a decent car. Um, And I feel like good or bad, a, a lot of my generation is, is coming out of high school somewhat feeling empowered, but wanting to go do crazy things like not in a bad way, but just big things. And there's this kind of stark contrast there. And, and I don't know if you went to a high school right now, I guess not a high school because isn't that another generation now? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know what to, yeah. If you would have gone to my class in high school or college and asked people, what do you want from life? I guarantee you those answers are going to be different than a couple generations ago. Maybe not your generation, Greg, maybe not that window. Cause they're kind of, you know, there's a blending period there, but it is different. I don't, most of my friends wouldn't have said, Oh, I hope to have a wife and I hope she stays home and I hope to have a decent house and five children. And you know, it's just, it's different. And the the frustrating part to me is when there's broad generalizations of this generation because obviously I'm part of it. And my circle of friends that are business owners that are succeeding, most of them are millennials yep. right now. Yep. Um, and so I, I definitely, it's definitely important to be, you know, if, if you're one of the people that's just <clears throat> slamming millennials, maybe step back and just, you know, think for a minute but well i think it's because when you take somebody out of the generation that that is just all they want is to get paid for doing a service and then going home that's that's really at the core that's all they want so that they can retire you know like i think 
that's so depressing to think about it, it it's awful it, just it, to it, like okay i'm gonna work for 30 years and then i'm gonna work finally just so I can that, retire. that day comes when i'm 65 I, I probably have diabetes and i can't run anymore i can't yeah. hike right i can't lift weights right i man i that's one thing that i love about and i maybe i have a skewed perception i don't know but that's what i love about my generation is when someone says stuff like that we're like well screw that like i don't want yeah. any of that and i think maybe this is where kind of where i maybe did cross over into the millennial side a little bit because i worked with people like that and i partially left jobs because i saw that mentality out of people i worked with and i'm like yeah i kind of feel that way working here too i don't want to be i don't want to live like that i don't want to do that i don't want to i don't want to work until i'm 65 70 because let's be honest most of our are come here are going to be able to retire at 65 um so you're going to work this you know seven eight to your life so you can do whatever you want for the last, you know, 10 to 20 years of your life, man, that's, yeah, that's awful. And so I saw that in people I worked with and I'm like, you know, I, I kind of feel that way about, about this job too. I don't, I don't, I don't love what I'm doing here. So I'm going to go somewhere where I am. I'm going to go somewhere where, where I'm treated, where I'm treated more than just, Hey, you have a paycheck because I, because I, I, I worked for people that, that all they felt they owed me was a paycheck and I wanted more than yeah. that. So, and I think just as, as managers and business owners and stuff, we have to think about um, what can we do to inspire? What can we do to bring the, the, the best out of this generation? Because again, I think, I think the thing that, that, that like, that these millennials bring uh, to the business place the most is that they are going to be a hundred percent bought in and will work super hard. Um, if you treat them right, if you pay them well, you know, so that they can afford to stay with you and that, that, that you inspire them, that you show them that you're trying to progress and do something more. And so, yeah, it, but you know, no, no one of the things that we we're talking about before is that negative side of the entitlement side of thing um, is really something that you have to watch out for uh, when you're hiring is to just, which, how do you know just from doing a, I don't I was doing an interview like unless if they're this person's super obvious that, yeah, that they're entitled you know, if, it, it's going to be hard to know but and that's what i've been that's what i've been learning is it's extremely difficult to see that however one thing that i've implemented as we've been hiring other people and interviewing other people and and it's something i appreciate and i think that most in my generation would appreciate it. And I honestly think that anybody in a position of, you know, working would appreciate it. And some of the struggles I've gone through in the last couple months, um, you know, with our team and, and making some decisions and stuff. And 
it, it could just have been a little bit easier if I would have done the approach that I do now. So now when someone sits down for an interview with me, I have, and it's going to sound silly to some people because they're like, well, duh. But when you're a business owner building this business from literal ground zero and things start ramping up and you start hiring, you start to realize that there's a lot of different there's a lot of different steps to that. And there's a lot of processes that these smaller companies just don't have in place yet. But one of the things I started doing is a written job description of where they're at, what the expectations are from us, what they can, you know, what do we expect from them? What can they expect in return from us? And then where can this position go? Assuming that, at the three month review and six month review and then the one year review, assuming we are happy that they're fitting the culture because that's a huge, huge thing. And, and that gets overlooked a lot is does this person even fit the company culture? And that's hard to put a measurement to, but that's one of those things where you'll know, you'll know because of tensions, you'll know because of conversations you'll know if if they just simply don't get along if it feels cancerous to the team you'll know that but i've started laying out these job descriptions that give a clear path of of what their investment is in their time and then what the reward is as time goes forward and i i think that's important and that's something most people haven't done for me in my working career they just kind of said, Oh, you're, you're a draftsman. Okay. Well draw these things and it doesn't really give you a path for, for growth. And uh, one of my previous jobs, there was a gentleman that worked in a cubicle next to me. It was just so grumpy. And it just, it, it reminded me of what you said. I, I just remember thinking there's no path forward for me here. There's no real opportunity for growth. And every day, at least five times a day, he'd be saying, come on, retirement. You know, every time he'd get frustrated, he'd just grumble under his breath, come on, retirement. Yeah. And I just, I think that our generation has a massive opportunity because there's a mind shift there to not kind of go down that path. Because I, dude, I have seen it so many times where guys will, count down to retirement they'll hit 65 67 or whatever and this is just the harsh reality is i've seen many of these guys literally die at 70 so they had three years of you know quote unquote retirement living the good life and it just doesn't seem worth it and because our generation sees that like you were saying if you get these guys bought in these girls bought in they will do big things and it's just hard to navigate it. Do you think, do you think we have an advantage though versus, I mean, you and I both came from established, established businesses where we worked in the past. I would venture to say those businesses probably weren't run by millennials in your world. They definitely weren't in mine. I feel like we might have a little bit of an advantage just because we are of the generation. Do you think that's, Someone oh, I, 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 absolutely. I, I, that's why I, I think, I think, I think all these generations have a lot to learn from other generations. And if we're going to be honest, the reason, the reason 
that millennials are the way they are is because of their parents telling them this is what you guys are. Right. And the generation that before them are the way they are because their parents told them, here's who you guys are. So it's just, with that said, I feel like I learned so much from working with, you know, the older, some of the older generations and uh, for my bosses, for my coworkers. And some of that, it just, you know, we just talked about, we learn things from working with grumpy coworkers. You know, we learned that we didn't want to be like them. Right. You learn things like that. But I mean, I learned how to, um, I learned how to work a job that I hated, but I had to work it. And that's something that, that I fear that, that, that the millennial generation isn't going to learn because I think it's a good thing. To, it's a good thing to learn. Um, it's good to fail sometimes and, and not, not be exactly where you need to be because that's where you're going to get pushed to growth. Right. And I think it's also, it, you also have to realize this doesn't have to be permanent. You know, you don't have to be stuck there. And, and that's, <clears throat> that's the difference between that grumpy 65 year old <clears throat> and you working that job that you also hate is that they feel stuck. You don't have to be stuck. But working that job that you hate for maybe years, which I've had to do, uh, just because it wasn't the right time or just, you know, no, no, there's reasons. You know, there's a lot of reasons out there for that. Uh, learning it, if I hadn't learned that, I don't know if I could be the business owner that I am today. Because there's, there's plenty of times where I have to strap down and do stuff that I hate to do. And, yeah. uh, and, it, especially when you're first starting a business, you're, you can't afford to have other people do things for you. So you have to learn how to do it. And some of the things that you have to learn how to do suck. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned is just sometimes you got to just keep your head down and do things that you hate to do. And I honestly think that's probably the downfall of my generation is because we want to do something different than our parents, different than our grandparents. I th- and maybe that's the piece that's missing for these um, these young adults that are kind of giving a bad rap to the millennial generation is just that many of them probably aren't willing to, and again, broad generalization, but most are not going to want to do a job that sucks for 40 years to build up skills that are going to make them succeed when they get to a different position or own a business or, or whatever it might be. Is that, man, I had every job that I hated. I ended up working there for three, three or four years. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, I look back and it, every single one, every single one that I, that I was working at taught me so much stuff. And I, I can literally break down each each company I worked for, how long I was there, and then what part of my character was shaped from that experience. So literally about 10 years of my life was taken up working at places that I hated. But right now in the position that I'm in, I'm doing what I love and 
I'm able to do these things. And obviously I don't, I'm still learning like crazy, all these experiences over the last year, even four months, I'm learning like crazy, but you kind of, you can't really get to some of the, some of the position you and I are in without having some of that character building. You know what I mean? I just, it's, it's almost necessary. So yeah, it's, and that's, what's going to, that's a difference between somebody who feels that they're entitled and somebody who's got to work for it. Um, if, if you, if you want to better your job, better your life, better, better these things, nobody owes you anything. If right. you want that to happen, you got to do it. And sometimes it's going to mean years of doing something that you hate to do in order to get there. <clears throat> uh, and, yeah, and I he, think that's, uh, that's, that's huge. Even if it doesn't make sense in the moment, you know, it, it, everything you're doing is building up skills and abilities so that, you know, I, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe in this next statement and it's kind of off topic, but it's not really, I don't think it's really off topic, but the people that have a lot of success, you know, even you and me, ultimately at some point people have opened doors in our lives that allowed us to, you know, we made the decision to go through them, but somebody's invested in us in some way. It, it just, everybody has that, whether that's a mentor person or father figure or whatever. Sometimes that's literally someone giving you an opportunity to chase something. Up until those points though, you need to be positioning yourself in a way to take those opportunities. And some of that in our generation that's missed is, you know, staying out of debt as much as possible, you know, learning how to speak, learning how to, convince people of your ideas or influence people. And, you know, these things that I learned at these other jobs prepared me, you know, these jobs that I, that sucked and I hated so much prepared me for the moments that a door was going to open and there would have been no way for me to go through it if I would not have gone through the stuff in the past. So it's, that's kind of me just saying, I know that we have millennials listening to this podcast that might be thinking, Oh, well, I'm in that job that sucks. And you know, I, what am I going to do about it? That's a little bit of encouragement just to continue pushing through that job that sucks for the moment right now, while you build the character, while you think of your future, while you think of, um, you know, being aware of doors that are opening, Um, you know, it's not totally scientific there, but I just know from my life that, uh, you know, people have opened doors for me and given opportunities. And part of my, I feel like my calling is to be able to do the exact same thing. And some of that's through employees, but some of that is through, you know, investing in other people. So we we have the opportunity to do that kind of stuff as a, as a business owner. Yep. And I think all of us, whether no matter where you're at or what you're doing, if if you want, <clears throat> if you want a change, if you want to do something different, write it down, where you want to be, and make a 
a, a course of action, a plan in order to get there. And, and even try to come up with a reasonable timeline for, for those things. So you have some, so you have some kind of goal, but realize it might not be reasonable. Thing. Yeah. Reasonable quick. <laughs> reasonable is key. It needs, you... to be re- <laughs> it needs to be reasonable, but it also needs to be flexible because you may think, Hey, this is going to take me a year. It may take five. That's the big, un- because of unseen that. circumstances. I mean, it, it, you know, so even, you know, set, set reasonable goals, but, also be willing to, you know, to how to roll with it because it may or may not happen that that way. That's the other downside, I think, to my natural tendencies and, and other people around me is I feel like we have sometimes, and may, and it's part of the buy-in thing that you said, but sometimes a shorter attention span and shorter bursts of energy, you know, and it, and what you and I are playing is an extreme long game. It is a, a very long hustle. Um, and even careers are a long game. So that's just one thing that reminds me, uh, you know, something I think about all the time is the fact that this is our fifth year doing this. And I'm going to be here when we're doing this for 10 years, you know, and 15 years and and there's still going to be learning and there's still going to be growth and there's still going to be questions and trying to navigate stuff. So it it is, life is a long game. And I I think, I think that it's important that even if what you're doing right now, isn't what you love, not wishing for the point when you're doing what you love and bypassing all of your life up until that point. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that's all I got. (laughs) And I'm just thinking about all the way back to the beginning of this, of this podcast when I was talking about being spontaneous, like, yeah, be willing to be spontaneous and just do things. You know, if you, if if you want change, sometimes it also just means you just got to do it. You got to say, Hey, today, this is happening. And uh, yeah, so you got to be willing to be patient. <laughs> you got to be willing to be spontaneously be patient. S- yeah, exactly. You got to be willing to be super spontaneous and just get things done and also be willing to be extremely spontaneous. So really, I feel like we've told people nothing here. We have literally told you nothing <laughs> at this point. This weird. is This is weird. Uh, do you have anything profound to say as we kind of near the end of the podcast? Mm. No, I, <laughs> no, I feel like, uh, I feel like we, we, we've already given people nothing. I want to make sure that I'll we say end it. it. I'll say it. I'll say yeah, it. We're going to end with You nothing. are your best investment. Is that say, kind of corny and, no, and powerful? It's, kind of, it's actually but, kind of real. I, I just kind of came up with that. How about you're not that special? See, now you sound older than the millennial generation. <laughs> you're, you can't do that. I'm I am the, special. I'm the opposite of your parents that have told you you're special <laughs> and you can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, my parents never told me that. I mean, I didn't have that. No, yeah, I, don't I, I mean, I, I guess there's a difference in saying you're special and you can do a lot or do great things or them saying you're owed that. But I digress. So you can do great things, but you're probably not. That's you can do great things, but if you want to do great things, you're gonna bust your butt and work for it. 
Yeah. And that's, that's, I feel like that's ultimately the lesson that my parents, I can, I can almost hear my dad saying that to me now, like bust your butt. I feel like it's something he said. Yeah. I, I've had lessons like that too. And I, I think that this is a topic that we'll revisit again. I would like to, I would like to come into a, something like this and kind of chisel through some of the finer details with more, I'll spend more time thinking about it. Um, I would love to get a, a boomer business owner. I mean, we could probably find one in the gun industry. Well, isn't uh, isn't Kirby a, he's not a, I don't think he's a, no, I don't think he's, I'll ask him. That I mean, would be fun. <laughs> he's on business for a long time. He's, uh, uh, and he's employed people of all, all sorts yeah. of people. So yeah, no, he'd, he'd have with, some good input. Yeah. That'd be interesting to get him on. Cool, man. Well, that was a fun, that was a fun podcast, guys. I hope you, hope you appreciated or hope you enjoyed it. That's the word I was looking for. Hope you appreciated it. Sorry that we, uh, that we left you with the podcast. Basically nothing of value. We both told you to be spontaneous and patient and structured and flexible. Structured and flexible. Be those things. All those things. All those things. (laughs) See ya. See you guys.